0: Hello, I'm Maddie Savage. Thanks for downloading The Stockholmer, the coffee break podcast that introduces you to the most inspiring voices in Sweden's capital.
1: The Stockholmer. I've been in countless events where people have invited me to speak, and when I arrived, it's like they might have had the wrong Daniel. Why am I in this? Crowd of people who are, you know, idolise.
0: He still views himself as an underdog, but Daniel Dubotsky is a hugely successful entrepreneur who created the global crowdfunding platform Funded by Me. In this episode, he tells The Stockholmer why struggling with confidence can actually be a blessing in business. The Stockholmer. Thanks very much for joining us here on The Stockholmer. We're in a, a sort of echoey cubbyhole in your office while you're preparing to, to move locations. Um, Most of our listeners will know exactly what crowdfunding is, but for anyone that doesn't, just quickly take us back to the beginning. What is it, and why did you decide to set up the first crowdfunding platform specifically in
1: Sweden? Madi, thank you for having me. So uh, crowdfunding is fairly simple way to um, democratize the way of funding. So instead of going to two, three people who have to take a tough decision to invest in your company, you try to go to hundreds of people instead who also are users or brand ambassadors. So crowdfunding has been around uh, around for hundreds of years. It lies in our genes and our DNA to help each other. But since 2010, the movement has exploded online because suddenly we can actually meet online and we can see all these awesome pitches. When we started, only Kickstarter was around. We didn't know about anybody else. And we we basically wanted to put a Swedish company on the Kickstarter platform. And Kickstarter was really early. I think it was like just a New York site at that point. And they turned us down. They said, look, we're not catering to non-US citizens at this point. So we saw a need and we thought, what if we open this in Scandinavia and Europe?
0: You're now one of the fastest growing crowd investment platforms. Some of the stats here, more than 25 million euros funded to more than 450 companies. How do you manage a company this size now?
1: uh it's it's tough so we the only thing that makes all in the company tick and work extra hard is because we are extremely passionate to making sure that people are uh, getting funding to launch their cases if the pe- if people get funding they 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 create jobs they, they they make a difference so we are extremely driven by the fact that we need to change the way the world is financed right now if you look for instance at there are a bunch of groups who are struggling of getting funding for instance female entrepreneurs Uh, We are extremely successful at funding female entrepreneurs, while in the real world, as you would say, female entrepreneurs are getting like 3% of the available capital. It's not only female entrepreneurs. It's also a guy uh, living in a small city. It's a guy who's plus 40. If you have the wrong last name, if you have the wrong education, there are groups out there who are non-fundable on paper. Like myself, if you look look at me, I'm extremely non-fundable on paper. I'm a Romanian art major. That's like non-investable. But the reality is, is that I'm born in Romania, I came here when I was 12 to Sweden, right? I'm extremely driven. I have a really good track record on executing stuff. So so this is what we're trying to, to bridge and destroy with crowdfunding.
0: I want to ask you a bit more about your background because you, you're quite vocal about that. It says on your LinkedIn profile that uh, you, you have this underdog perspective based on your own background. I mean, what were the challenges for you before you launched Funded By Me?
1: first of all, in Sweden, you never become Swedish as an expat. Like, you are still perceived as this immigrant guy. So, for my entire life, I've seen myself as this underdog. And, and then, of course, I studied arts majored, So, uh, curating, doing exhibitions. That's not, uh, you know, a uh, 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 type of a career you choose to become extremely uh, hireable. So, I've seen myself as an underdog and being an underdog is is, is a mindset where you either give up and you see yourself as this loser or you say, look, I need to fight more than anybody else because nobody will. You know, I'm not hireable. I'm not fundable. Thus, I need to do this myself.
0: How do you feel now that you are? I mean, you're so successful in Sweden. Do you feel that people's perceptions towards you have changed? And how do you deal with that, those people that maybe didn't give you the time of day and, and yeah. now are trying to get lunch with you or whatever?
1: No, so that's it's really good to say I don't see myself as successful, which means I still see myself as an underdog and I need to fight. And so I've been in countless uh, events where people have invited me to speak. And when I arrived, it's like they might have had the wrong Daniel. Why am I in this crowd of people who I, you know, idolise or otherwise. And I think it's of course it's a strength too because it's it's it it keeps you rooted. But it's it's also tough because you want to stop and enjoy your successes. But but if if you would look at my rhetorics, my my how I explain myself three years ago, I was like fake it till you make it. So it's like look, I know business, I know economics, I'm super Swedish. So I didn't Play on my underdog role. Right now, I play a lot on that because I think it it it, it empowers other people, and other people can see that. Uh, well, if he could, then I can. And actually, we've seen this shift that in the, in the in the last three years, if you would go to any business school, and you would ask them three years ago how many people want to start their own companies, it was seven percent. Today, it's seventy seven zero percent of people who say, well. I also want to become an entrepreneur because I've seen others and they are role models. So I hope by just saying how I feel, look, I, I have a bad self-esteem. I don't see myself as a success, but I can still change something due to the fact that we actually launched a crowdfunding portal.
0: Mm. I know it's going to be really hard to get you to choose, but what is the favorite project that's been crowdfunded via Funded By Me?
1: There's so many by this point, but... Um, Of course flipping burgers is a is a is a huge success even though we didn't raise a lot of money to it very little money but it went from an idea a guy with a a idea to quit his job and start a burger joint and it became a one of your top uh, burger joints.
0: It was the first podcast in the Stockholm series. I so was. if anyone doesn't know the backstory.
1: Wow, cool. I didn't know that. So and also, of course, you know, there's still lines outside that that restaurant, even, the, even today. So when I go there, I'm extremely proud because it wouldn't happen without funding by me or without crowdfunding. Then, of course, there are several entrepreneurs where I know when they struggled and nobody believed in them, like people were even laughing at their business ideas, and now they are doing really, really well. So it, my, my, my pride lies in, in not doing successful campaigns, but I'd rather seeing a, a person who nobody believed in become hugely successful.
0: What are you worried about? I mean, is there not a danger that there'll be too many entrepreneurs, too many people trying to crowdfund, that there'll be a saturation of this market? Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, Yes, of course. There's a huge saturation all the time. On the other hand, the more companies that are launching, the more ideals will see the light of day, and eventually we're going to see the disruptive ones. You're going to see a new type of Facebook, a new type of social interaction, a new type of technology. The thing is right now, if if you look at crowdfunding, um, people are inspired by the ones who succeed, but also by the ones who don't succeed. Like you learn a lot from a company who didn't raise enough cash. The thing is that sometimes investing is not just about making profit. Sometimes it's about learning, sometimes it's being there or being part of the story. And if you look back at all companies, historically they have been struggling. Minecraft, crowdfunded once on Flatter, multi-billion company now, uh, Facebook, you know, they, 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 they had money. The trouble struggling for, for the first uh, server. Spotify took them two and a half years to get the first external investor. Every big company struggles at the beginning. And what if you can come in there with your money, with your energy, with your knowledge, and say, look, I'm here, run, do your best.
0: What structures are in place though for when things do go wrong?
1: That's that's why one of the reasons why we launched equity crowdfunding, shareholding, because uh, if you look at the Kickstarter model, which was our first model where you they were promised a delivery on an item, a lot of people got disappointed when the item didn't come in time or it didn't meet the expectations. Ownership is different. Uh, ownership is that you own part of the company, which means that you own parts of whatever the company assets are also, which means that worst case scenario is that the company bankrupts and you lose all your money. And out there, there are statistics on that. They say, look, one in, one in 10 companies do extremely well. Four in 10, they do okay, and a few will, will die. But then, of course, a company can be bought, a company can be sold, even a company who's doing poorly. But I think investments has to be a long-term game, and it has to be because you either see a um, profit at the end of this, the, 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 the rainbow, or you see value along the way.
0: What's next for crowdfunding? Where do you think we'll see crowdfunding being used in the future where it's not currently used now? Uh,
1: So first of all, I think the goal of a lot of the platform owners who have crowdfunding platforms is to make crowdfunding, I would say even boring, you know, standard, mainstream. It's been quirky, fun, cool, different. We are trying to make this part of the ecosystem. That's the first step. So in in a few years from now, I want... Everybody should know. You ask somebody and people people know they have an opinion, right or wrong. Like, like Spotify. What is Spotify? Everybody has a story now. They can say something. What, what is Facebook, right?
0: Mm-hmm. As um, a journalist, a few years ago, we were describing them as the music streaming side, Spotify yeah. or the social network yeah. at Facebook. Yeah. And now everybody knows what they are. Yeah.
1: Like, that's, I think, the big goal. So to make sure that everybody has an understanding about the phenomenon.
0: You have a lot of energy, you're only 38, uh, you don't seem like the kind of person that ever sits still. And we often like to ask entrepreneurs on the Stock Homer how, how they manage their time, how they manage that work-life balance.
1: Well, uh, I have a kid. I have a dog. I also sail. Um, I don't have so much time to hang privately with friends. I choose family instead. So that's, I would say, it's one major. But the other one is that I get energy out of helping people. So it's like, I'm not getting drained by that. So for me, uh, if an entrepreneur calls me at eight o'clock on a Saturday evening, when I'm sitting in a dinner, that's fine. I can take that call for two minutes to give some advice because I get I'm happy, right? But uh, I wouldn't say I'm more energetic than anybody else. I can have days where I can just lie in bed and uh, crawl into a ball and just watch, you know, binge-watch series and uh, but I think if you, if you look look at how much I do in a day, that might be a lot.
0: And just going back to that underdog concept because you see yourself as an underdog. I'm someone that sees myself as an underdog. So I know that someone is listening to this podcast thinking, "Yeah, yeah, but uh, it still wouldn't happen for me. What is your one gem of advice for someone that's, that's got an idea that they're trying to get off the ground and they don't quite believe in it yet?
1: Um, this is the best advice. Think about your project as an elephant, right? huge, monstrous elephant, and you have to eat it. And, you know, it's huge. Because if you think about the entire elephant you have to, to eat, it's like you can't do it. It's, it's like I can't eat it. It's like 10 times, 100 times bigger than me. But how do you actually eat an elephant? Do you know that? Well, it's simple. One bite at a time. The same with your project. Whatever you do in life, if it's a relationship, it's like you can't think about marriage and death and retirement and kids on the first date. The same with the company. You don't think about failure or 100 employees or fundraising. It's like you have to take one step at a time, you know, one bite at a time. Do something every day, even if it's little, because in a week you have five days. In a year you only have, what, 45 working weeks. So... Every 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 day counts. One bite at a time.
0: You've been listening to the Stockholmmer, an independent production by Maddie Savage. If you like the show, please give us a retweet, post something on Facebook, or tell your friends about it in the pub. Thank you also to Benoit Derriere for production assistance, our PR team, Hype United, Simeon Ghost for permission to use their music, and Richard Stevens for designing our logo.